and we're talking about when to add a new location. First of all, you have to have management, right? You, know, you need to have somebody you trust to manage that. You don't have to have an office in that city to get a lot of business in that city. There's years where you're going to try to grow and uh, your overhead's not going to be, you know, where you want it to be versus the next year, et cetera, especially when you're opening a new office. Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown and this is the Hook Better Leads Show. And today I have Gennaro from Bison Roofing out of Texas. How you doing, sir? I'm good. Thank you, Tim. How are you? Doing very well. And we're talking about when to add a new location. And right I know on. everyone in here wants to add a new location because that's Rupert's favorite thing to add new locations. Um, <laughs> always, if, if we're not doing it at this moment, we're always thinking about it, right? Like, I don't right. know why. Um, but we're going to talk about when to do it, when to not do it. You've had a location and you've stopped doing <laughs> one. So I think you're uniquely qualified to talk about this. And both of your locations are doing well, which mm -hmm. I like. I like for this yep. particular topic. So if we could start just with a little bit of your background in roofing, um, just in a few minutes, like how'd you get started and where you're at now? Well, I started, um, I started, I installed my first roof by hand when I was 14 years old. I, I grew up in the construction industry. My father was a carpenter, a builder, a framer. And so uh, him and my uncles owned a uh, home building company. So I, you know, I cleaned job sites. I installed shingles and, uh, when I was young. And then uh, I moved away. I moved to Hawaii, uh, was a money manager for a bit. And I came back in 2000. I moved back to Texas in 2004, started my construction company, renovations and roofing. And uh, after a couple of years, I kind of just specialized into roofing and we've been doing that ever since. Yeah. Love to hear it. Um, is there a reason specifically why you stopped doing the renovation side? Um, and just yeah. Yeah, roofing. Uh, you know, it's uh, you know you can scale a lot easier with roofing uh, versus renovations. Renovations require a lot of attention, meeting with the homeowners. Every every job is custom. Every job is different. You know, different toilet, different living room tile, kitchen tile, cabinets, all that stuff. So we did that during uh, the couple first couple of years, uh, uh, and we did a lot of interior, exterior, room additions, large scale renovations. But then we kind of, like I said, specialized into roofing, you know, exterior. I did some siding, decks, and roofing for a few years after that, and then uh, kind of just focused mostly on uh, on uh, uh, roofing. Yeah, and that has paid off, right? You guys are doing pretty well. Where are you at on? If you don't mind me asking, or you can just tell me team size. But where are you at on revenue? Uh, team size, where uh, it, it varies. I mean, we have different different. Uh, we have several offices. We have a uh, an office in Mexico. Uh, we have our estimating team down there. Uh, and so team size, we're about 20 some odd people. Uh, yeah. Revenue wise, it varies by location. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll take that. Well, I'll just throw it out here. From what I understand, you guys are have been growing and doing really cool things. And I just, I like to like throw in a little bit of that just so people can understand, appreciate what you've got going on and trust that what you're saying will help them. That's yeah. why I that's the only reason I talk about it. I never do that to flex. I do yeah. that to to help people listen. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of an interesting thing, uh, especially with social media now, as is that uh is numbers throwing being thrown left and right. And as yeah. you know, you hear some of the more experienced guys, you know, it's uh the, the net profit, the profit margin is way yeah. more uh relevant. Uh and then of course keeping your overhead down. Uh, you know, and of course, there's years where you're going to try to grow and uh, your overhead's not going to be, you know, where you want it to be versus the next year, et cetera, especially when you're opening a new office. 
That's a hey. That's a really good segue here. So, when is it appropriate, from your perspective, to really look at the new office thing? Like, is some people try to use it as a patch? They get stuck at like three million, and then they're like, "I'm gonna throw in a new location. That'll fix it." So, when yeah. is the real right time to do that? Well, you know, I mean, from from my experience is, is first of all, you have to have management, right? Depending on, on you can't really just open a new office. And every, uh, a lot of the guys that have opened other locations are, are aware of this. And, you know, you need to have somebody you trust to manage that, right? Somebody with that with that uh, culture of self-improvement and, and, of course, being able to efficiently, effectively uh, help you in managing and opening another office. That's key, having management to do that. Secondly... You know, uh, you can start off, obviously, you can start off, you know, by going slowly, but especially in Texas, sometimes it makes it easy to have that that demand after, say, a storm. Yeah. Mm. So we get a lot of hell storms in Texas and that it, that typically can help. And that's how some people open new offices here in Texas. I yeah. know several guys that have done that because it helps, obviously. It's like a seed you investor. Can, it's like, the, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of- I mean, you have... Yeah, you can go into a market. Obviously, if you go into a market when it's not storm season and there's no significant storm, then you have to start new, right? You have to market new. You have to put your name out there, branding, et cetera. But if it's after a hell storm, for, for example, in Texas, then you're going to have, you know, your guys can go and door knock and then establish that reputation. Reputation. So that's what I did. I had at one point I had three locations. I had one in Plano, DFW area, which is a great hell, hell market. And of course, I have my San Antonio and then my Rio Grande Valley, which is four hours south of uh, San Antonio. So that's deep south. So, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll just say this. I know that it's a it's tempting. So like now that you've got you've got two now, how do you stay away from just making more? Because this 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 experience in Plano, obviously, is kind of st- because you rolled one back. Why did you roll yeah. it back? Well, mostly at that time, I didn't have the management uh, in my San Antonio location that I felt comfortable with. So what I did, I was living in Plano and I moved back to San Antonio and I decided to put put that on hold for a bit. Uh, and it's a great market, but it's a competitive market, obviously. Uh, and that is not the reason I, I, I uh, decided to pull out of that market, mostly the distance, Right. Uh, but then we decided to uh, we decided to continue in San Antonio and the Rio Grande Valley and really focus on dominating. So that's another thing that you need to consider is, uh, you know, you have a market like San Antonio. It's a huge market. You don't necessarily have to go into another market because there's plenty of work, say, yeah. in these big locations. Do you have any, like, estimates of, like, like okay, so if we look at the, the population of San Antonio, um, it's three, three mil, something and like that. Three mil. So that's basically very similar to Minneapolis. Oh, so supposedly here, okay, I guess that's greater San Antonio is probably three mil. Same with the Twin Cities or Minneapolis. Um, yeah. What do you, how much, how many millions of dollars of roofing is available in a $3 million market? Do you have that, any ideas about that? Like, how do you, you do know that? What? I, I did. I had somebody run me a report. I don't have it handy. I can, um, 
I mean, but what you know, is, just like, to I give you like an idea, twenty like percent of them were homeowners or something like that. And I, I, I remember doing it at one, once as well. I feel like that's that's gives you market size, though, right? Like whatever the percentage of population is homeowners, percentage of uh -huh. people that are homeowners, um, which is well, supposedly, yeah, go ahead, pretty high. Yeah, and it, and of course it varies whenever you have a like a, a hell event too, right? So, yeah. like say in 2016, we had I believe at that time the costliest storm in Texas history uh, here in San Antonio. It was like one point some bill. Of course, every year it gets bigger and bigger, and they've been getting bigger and bigger and costly and costlier. Yeah. But you know that that again, going back to what I was saying earlier, that always throws a big windfall to a lot of these roofing companies. Uh, but so it also there, clears up the next, like once you do it, it clears out the next few years of roofs. So it's it like can, literally it, like automatically makes a drought happen in the next like two years from now, right? It can it can create a vacuum, and that's uh, I mean to, to some extent, right? Because if it's another hailstorm, no. Yeah. But if it's a retail market, if you're focused on retail, and if you are limited to residential retail, let's say, because that's usually usually where, where a lot of the hell damage is focused on or a lot of claims happen, um, then yeah, it can create the vacuum or that that uh, that drought. I know, for example, we we worked uh, Hurricane uh, Harvey in 2017, I believe it was, in Corpus Christi area, which is in the Gulf side. And that whole town, I mean, we went in there and I don't know, 90 some percent of the roofs were, you know, were destroyed. And so, yeah, that created that drought. We actually had an office there as well, but we decided to close that one right after Harvey because of uh because we kind of saw that and we can manage it from san antonio uh but yeah that was a, that was a big event you know everybody you gets a room work in those other cities you're just not you don't have a location there correct yeah we serve uh we serve austin houston san antonio the rio grande valley and uh, the corpus christi area so it's a so pretty large a good note right it's like you don't have to have an office in that city to get a lot of business in that city do you have a google business profile in those cities if you truly believe in what you're doing and you want to be the best version of yourself and you want to build a great organization, there's no other place to do that besides the Roofing Academy. I do in Houston uh, and Austin. So gotcha. I do have a Google business profile. Nothing, nothing major, know. really. Yeah. Nothing major, really. I mean, I we don't really necessarily get leads from uh, those Google My Business, not a whole lot. Um, I do have a, uh, a page, a web page for Round Rock, which is a, a, a suburb of uh, Austin. And so I do get leads from that. I think it's Round Rock Roofers or something like that. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a super simple landing page. But, uh, and then in Houston, we do get a lot of uh, work in Houston just because we, we've kind of put, uh, established a name for ourselves in the, uh, in the stone coated Decra, Decra roofing, stone coated steel, oh, wow. Decra nice. roofing. Uh, Those are so, solid revenue jobs. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we do. We, 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 you know, we did, I think we, it was 2021. We got the roof of the year in the whole country. And then we do some large uh, solid roofs. As a matter of fact, We'll be doing one. We just uh, we're 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 just discussing this, and we have a big resort in Mexico, and we're taking it. We're doing Decker Roof down there. Uh, it's a pretty large resort. Yeah, it's a I don't know six story resort. Uh, you know, maybe I don't know a thousand squares of, of Decker Roof. Uh, 
in the Baja California area. So we mm. just uh, we just discussed that with the owners, and we're going to be they're pulling the trigger. So we'll be doing that roof soon as well. This uh, before the end of the year. Uh, so, so we do a lot of that. Did so you tell us, did you say why you squashed the the one lo like location? The one in Corpus Christi was because uh, because you were mentioning that it creates a drought, and that is why. Well, first of all, our our our, our building was. Uh, uh, was damaged, uh, but secondly, Hurricane Harvey destroyed and uh, I mean, you know, most of the roofs there. So we mm -hmm. saw that uh, as an opportunity for us to pull out and close our location because we did a lot of work during that time. But then afterwards, we decided to pull out of that that uh, location, Corpus Christi, and that's only about uh, two hours away from San Antonio, by the way. Two locations now, knowing that those are good. What would make you want to do another location or are you planning to not do another location? Well, we, we do. I mean, for, for example, we serve, uh, we serve Austin, Round Rock area, and that's only about an hour and a half to two hours max north from here. We are um, managing uh, those projects, but uh, yes, of course, it would be more efficient and uh, effective if we had a, a, a satellite office or an office there in Austin. So we've been throwing that idea around for a bit. Uh, but of course, we're working on so many things that sometimes it does take a lot of investment as far as like time investment, not necessarily financial, uh, because, you know, ultimately opening a location, it can be started relatively small. Uh, but uh, but time wise, as you know, as far as you going out there. I think that that's honestly the one of the reasons that I think people like I'm inclined to say people should contain the amount of locations that they are. And I'm talking about the guys that are going from three to 10, maybe yeah. to 15, even to 20. I think that there's a tendency to go everywhere. I think like, I like what you're doing where you've got like a Google business profile. Like, did you, you originally had locations and places. Have you ever done like the PO box business profile or anything like that? Or like, uh, a, I did that? initially. Yeah. I did initially yeah. when I was in, uh, in Plano and DF Dallas yeah. DFW area. I did that for maybe a month and then I decided not to just open. Yeah, I'm just saying like, I think that that like location landing pages, business profile, like that's a different thing than what I'm talking about. When you add these whole additional offices and just really focus, like you're talking about Correct. time, money, you're talking about splitting effort and like yeah. with, uh, I think about SEO, right? Like if you yeah. do a whole new website. Correct. You're splitting the effort now on two websites or yeah. three websites, unless you are really good at this. Like, let's say you were really good at SEO or you had somebody on your team that that was like their thing, then yeah. it's hard to pay an outside agency to uh, go and do this and like do it for three things. But even if you have somebody internally, it's hard to do it for three locations. It's like, but I like one domain with more locations. That's why we push people towards one domain with more locations, just so you yeah. have it kind of condensed. And I feel like it's the same thing a little bit with the effort of managing real, real <laughs> locations. Like if you have real locations, cause yeah. you start split effort. I know that, I know that there's situations where it's appropriate. What would you say like revenue wise from your point of view, like makes sense to have multiple locations. If you were advising somebody that you cared about, when like, where is like a real revenue number? Is that like a twenty million plus thing? No, I mean realistically, uh, revenue wouldn't really dictate that. 
okay. I think I think but realistically I would say once you're you know clear above four 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 mil uh, I think that yeah. would be a, an, an ideal time um, to kind of jump or be able to to sustain that really because ultimately it does take some investment right so you yeah. need some financial investment to open an, an, an office uh, depending on to what degree, right? If you're going to go in there, you know, guns blazing, then yeah, you need to throw in some some money, right? You want to yeah. throw in the vehicles, have a uh, an adequate management in place, uh, and then of course it, it, the much, office location. When you're saying adequate, <laughs> what is a real range for like a a person who's actually be able to manage uh, a location? Like, what kind of revenue or like what kind of salary? is our most roofing company is going to have to pay to get somebody to actually manage a new location. You know what? And then that there's a huge range there. I mean, really there's, and you've seen online, everybody, yeah. I mean, even, even the space pay scales uh, be between sales reps are all over the place. Yeah. You know, you still have guys that are doing that 10, 50, 50 or that yeah. kind of profit split. You're switching into more sustainable rates now, like, you know, uh, salary plus bonuses, salary plus, uh, some sort of bonus slash commission. So, uh, you know, I'd say the same would apply to management. Um, you know, you do want to have somebody that uh, obviously if they're moving into a new region, yeah, they can be a, a kick-ass sales rep or sales manager slash general manager. Um, but for the most part, everybody, uh, in, in, in when they're taking on a new, a new, a new area, they want something um, secure. So a salary you know, plus a, uh, a bonus or a commission or a profit sharing to some degree. Um, so that makes a big difference. Uh, I've had a little like bit of both. profit sharing. I like the profit sharing idea, obviously with a new location, you're just taking on a lot of responsibility. Um, yeah. and if, if they are a really high performing sales rep, that's like an easy way to do it. Right. Cause then you mm -hmm. can only have one, one person in that location. And it still works. Yeah. But at the same time, like really good salespeople aren't always great managers. Exactly. That's what I was going to tell you. That does not yeah. necessarily, you don't necessarily want to put, obviously you don't want to put your, your top sales rep as a manager. You don't want to put them up, pull them out of the field to try to manage an office. That's really not what you need to look for. And, and, you know, some of the larger companies, you know, they, 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 they're aware of this as well. They put, they put the same uh, concept to play, you know, uh, as far as, uh, as as putting a manager, as far as the pay scales, and everybody's, uh, you know, they, you try different different pay scales. So management, as far as management, it, it'll vary. You know, you can obviously, if you want to give somebody a secure salary, you say, okay, you're going to get six figures right off the bat, hundred thousand dollars, blah blah blah. That's that, you know, hundred hundred fifty thousand dollars, but that's a big risk on the company. One, you want to obviously give them some incentives too, right? So doing a more reasonable salary, a commission. I'm sorry, salary plus some sort of profit sharing makes a big difference. Uh, my sales manager, for example, that I, I had a sales manager in the Rio Grande Valley office who I uh, actually offered a partnership into the company. He's now my partner, Manny Luea. Uh, he manages and oversees the other location. And I think that that plays a big role in the success of that. Now, that's not the only way to, to do it, right? You don't necessarily have to say make somebody a partner, but that worked for us. You know, um, you can have a strong manager with a with a secure salary, with a you know good pay scale, and that varies by location, right? Because I mean, you can say one hundred fifty thousand, hundred thousand dollars in Texas is uh, significantly better than some of the areas up north, right? Because of the cost of living. So, 
100%. So it all varies. I mean, throw, throw, throwing the money around, throwing figures around. Texas, the type of house I can afford in Texas is so much nicer yeah. than the type of house yeah. I can afford. I know, it's, it's, I know it's going up a little bit, but it's crazy yeah. house that I can get for what our thing is right now. Yeah. I mean, um, in certain regions. About, sorry, go ahead. go ahead. No, I don't want to get sidetracked. Go ahead. I said in certain regions, yeah. Um, you're talking about demand and like demand should drive where you would get this new location. Can you talk oh, about course. how you would kind of assess demand in a certain area? Is it because there's not a lot of roofers? Is it because, uh, you, like we talk about storm, like what, what, what are you looking for as far as your checklist of a place that would be a second location if you only had one? Yeah. Well, gauging, for instance, gauging the competition is always key. Right. Mm -hmm. Some of the uh, and the reason why some of the uh, storm chasers and I hate to use that word, the reason why sometimes they stay in a certain location and they leave an, uh, an office there is because of the demand. But also they kind of gauge their competition. Yeah. You see, you know, if you go to a market like Dallas and you see just a boatload of roofers everywhere, right, uh, billboards everywhere, et cetera. Well, then, you know, opening location there, even though it's a great market because of the demand as well. Uh, there's a lot of competition, but if you go into a market where you know there's there's enough demand that you can see uh, potential revenue there for your company, but then you see your competition, you know you see your competition, you see that their marketing is not you know is not you know blowing your mind. There's not a lot of of you don't see a lot of trucks that are just kicking butt. You know that you just see the same competition out there. Then it gives you an opportunity, depending on where you're at too, right? Depending on where you're at with experience. Uh, and you have to know a little bit of a, a lot of stuff, yeah. really, as an owner, right? You need to have a little bit of, of, of knowledge on marketing, you know, and get educated. You're not going to be the expert in everything. You're not, yeah. right? But you're going you're gonna to learn from people like you and then some of the other guys out there in the sphere that, that uh, in the marketing area that, that you can pick off and, and kind of know, okay, now I can distinguish what a great logo is, what great marketing looks like. So if you get yeah. a little bit of, of that information and, of course, learning your numbers, too. You know, knowing your numbers and, and anybody can, or not anybody, but there's people out there. There's, you know, like Martin Pettigrew and, and Mark, uh, you know, they're great guys and they teach you this whole, you know, this, 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 this revolutionary thing that's obviously it's kind of uh, a lot of people are putting into play. I know Adam Sand is putting into play the inside outside sales. Inside sales. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like, for instance, you put something like that and you, and you gauge the market and you think, okay, if, if you, if you do some research, obviously some some research in your comp competition, you look at the team, you look if, you, if they have that strategy, uh, what kind of projects they do, and then you see, okay, these are my biggest competitors. This is how kind of I, I imagine they're doing their business, and this is what I'm better at, or this is what I, you know, why I have an upper hand. So you know what, this is a good market to kind of establish myself, right? So you there, there's, you know, you have to do some research as well. I love it. You got to know the market. You got to know the players. You got to, you got to, Hey, am I that guy? Can I, yeah. can I take a bite out of this market and, and successfully <laughs> exactly. compete, successfully compete, right? Like yeah. that's it. And, and, you know, I, I, you know, you talked about Martin and Mark, like they went into a new market and they realized, Hey, sale, like the, if you don't have your trucks everywhere, your signs everywhere and your marketing mm -hmm. down in that area, you, you can't because yeah. they said it was harder to sell in that new area for a while. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's not yeah. the same. We were brand name in that other Girl. market or not a brand name in this market. Now we have to yeah. go harder in certain ways. We got to we've got to 
splits in a way in that new yeah. area and or even have better salespeople to close deals because brand, as you know, because exactly. you have a great brand, can can make people more likely to buy even yeah. with less great salespeople. And that's just a funny thing that happens. I, I hear all the people with the best brands that sometimes they complain that their their salespeople get a little weak because their brand's so good. And yeah. you're going to need better salespeople in that new market for sure. I think that that's a weird thing that happens. Top rep. We're doing top rep. Then. It's a great training. So you got to have that defined sales process, check tokens specifically. I don't understand how people make it with a defined sales process as an established company. But just starting out, you definitely need to have that because they need to know, like, and trust you through the whole process mm -hmm. to, in order to give you money. Exactly. And then putting all the other things into play, right? Not just the branding, but of course, follow, yeah. the follow through, right? The follow through, yeah. the, the, the referral system, uh, and obviously installing great products and, and providing great customer service. And that provides that exponential growth that you need, right? Because yeah. the growth comes from different areas, not just new customers, but as you know, referrals and, and, and yeah. existing customers. So that creates that exponential growth that uh, it takes a little bit of uh, of, uh, of time, but then once you get that momentum, it just keeps growing. I think, you know, for instance, Monarch, I think they have, what, three or four locations? Uh, so, mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure they're familiar with that. Uh, so, but yeah, it takes a little bit of time to, and it doesn't have to be a long time, but, you know, it takes a little bit of effort to create that momentum. And then once you establish yourself, then, you you know, you can keep growing. It depends on, again, everybody's uh, everybody's goals. 100%. So I wanted to ask you just a little bit about like other stuff in the industry. What else do you want to talk about? What, what's interesting to you about the industry right now? We've been talking a lot about the fight and stuff like that. So I, and I know that's probably not, <laughs> you have a unique perspective. There's so many fights out there. Which fight? You're talking about a fight? The, the Dimitri, the Dimitri <laughs> Lee hate fight. But what you else what? you got going I... on? What, what's interesting to you about roofing? Why, why do you, do you like the industry? How do you feel about all this? Like just the, the, yeah, we got Adam Sand kind of predicting all the roll-ups and stuff like that. We've got yeah. Lee Tate and Dimitri fighting. We've got a lot of other like things <laughs> happening in the industry. You seem to pay attention. What is uh, what is interesting to you right now? Uh, well, I mean, everything's interesting. That fight is interesting. You know, uh, Adam Sand and his growth. I mean, I know Adam Sand and, and I have known each other for for several years already, quite a, quite a while uh, since back when he was working with a roofing company up in uh, in uh, what is it? Uh, not Winnipeg, uh, Canada, yeah. Alberta, uh, Alberta. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, yeah. Roof. Sorry, yeah. So, uh, and, and then of course now he's doing his own thing and I'm actually very impressed with what, he, what he's doing and he's really, you know, hyper-focused on what he's doing. I think it's great, you know? Um, and, uh, and so that's interesting. I like to see well, that, you know, that really going, going into what Adam's talking always about these roll-ups, how do you see that coming in the next, like, do you think, cause sometimes I think he's predicted like three years and we're going to have a lot of consolidation in the space. How fast do you, cause you, we talked about this before we jumped on the podcast, but you believe this is definitely going to happen. There's going to be significant consolidation in the space. How fast would you guess? Give me, I know you, you kind of dodged my numbers questions a little bit, but give me a prediction for fun on how fast you think that consolidation will take a serious 
Well, right now, because because it's 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 kind of a it's kind of a big thing. I mean, you know, every small roofing company out there, small or large, right? But the smaller ones, you know, anywhere from I'm assuming anywhere from like three to to twelve million are being approached by these companies to by these brokerages trying to buy them out. And they're just blitzing every single guy out there with a two million, like I said, to twelve million dollar company, uh, probably closer to like eight million. They've been approached, right? Everybody, they're just contacting everybody. So it's inevitable, you know. A lot of guys are going to sell, and you can see, you know, it happens here every quarter. Maybe a new company here and there gets bought uh, or sold, and uh, so it's inevitable that there there's going to be a growth in that in that in that in that way. Uh, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, you know, like like I was telling you before the podcast, you know, it's like Walmart and Amazon took all the products, right? I mean, they they dominated the product, uh, the, the product. So now we're left, uh, they, you know, with with services. You know, all the rest of us are are are. If you want to own a business, you're kind of uh, uh, inclined to just stick to the service industry. Well, you know, there's money out there. There's money to invest, and and so the idea obviously is to, to kind of dominate that service industry area now. Uh, now that Amazon and Walmart have, um, you know, has dominated the, the product industry or the product industry, yes. So HVAC roofing, you know. So I think it's inevitable. Yeah. I think I'm I'm in I'm in line. Uh, you know, I think it's in line with what Adam is saying. I think eventually, sure, there's going to be little pockets uh, that will allow uh, mom and pop roofing companies, you know. Uh, small roofing companies, but in the large areas, San Antonio, Dallas, you know, Chicago, et cetera. I mean, I think it is going to be somewhere where these big uh, conglomerates you are going like to dominate. got five bad boys just competing just head to head. And they kind of, what would, I think like for a homeowner, why, why would that happen is because you're not offering good enough service as a mom and pop. Um, what do you, you know? Th- what? Why do you think that that? Why why would you say um, that that would that would actually happen if it get boils down to well, five or ten big players in San Antonio? Why would that happen? Well, I mean, yeah, because I mean, obviously, you know, if you have a small business, now you know, you like, uh, you know, no matter how how awesome you want to be, you, your 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 time is finite, right? You you can't wear all the hats, right? You can't wear all the hats. But when you have a uh, conglomerate and they have a solid marketing director and they have a solid uh, production and, and they are just improving, co- continuously improving. Uh, and you have all these different companies and they can brainstorm and, and, and continue to grow. And what I mean by grow is not just necessarily grow, but grow in their service uh, and the way they provide their service and their marketing. Then obviously, you know, mom and pop or small roofing companies are not going to be able to compete with them. That's inevitable. You know, yeah. you have to really be an outlier uh, to be able to compete with them. But, I mean, they're going to have the resources. They're going to have uh, the expertise. So, I mean, that, I think that's inevitable, really. Uh, so it's not necessarily that you're not providing a good service. It's just that they're doing marketing better. They're, I mean, they have bigger purchasing power, you know, and that makes a big difference. You know, that's what played a role in, say, Walmart and Amazon, too, uh, is these big conglomerates have a bigger purchasing power. You know, they can buy you know, their logo synthetic underlayment. They can buy their shingles at a significant discount. They can buy all these things. So that plays a huge role, obviously. I think one of the, problem, the problem for me is that I, I just want to do work for companies like yours. You know what well, I mean? Well, you like have I, time. 
I know. I, I but I but I just imagine even if it's ten years before all that rolled up, like I want this company to be longer than ten years, and I I just want to I want to keep serving companies like yours. And if yeah. if you sell to one of these big boys, then I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to talk to some corporate guy, not Gennaro. I want to I want to talk to Gennaro. Yeah, well, you know, you were asking me about my opinion on timeline. I mean, I think a decade will fly. You know, I mean, I'm going on. We're going on a 20th year in business, and so you know, and I'm just, I'm just, I feel like you know, I'm every year it's just like I have a new, I have new things to do. And I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm new, right? Every year I'm like, okay, I'm growing, but I, I, I want to, I have more goals in mind. So the point, my, my point is that uh, I think 10 years is to say that it's going to happen within 10 years. It's going to gradually happen but i don't think in 10 years you're going to be we're going to be in a position where it's like okay it's only five big roofing companies all over the country now yeah. i think it'll take more closer to 20 years 15 to 20 okay. years for that to be Perfect. for that to be prominent by the way yeah because then so i can your exit strategy yeah exactly to a big conglomerate so create yeah. an exit strategy for yourself and then yeah. uh and then but yeah no i think i just it's like roofing too like i just i don't really want to like i like roofing and home services and i don't want to have to do a new niche like i like can you imagine like hook agencies like chaotic good in law firms no it's not i don't want to serve dentists you know i just mm, yeah i like roofing. i don't know yeah, I think you know the law firm thing is uh, is probably something that 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 is not as uh, easy to uh, to to roll up. Yeah, because okay, well, lawyers guess, come with their egos. We gotta get so that, that's your yeah. next move. Yeah. Okay. So just fifteen, seventeen years, and then I'll switch. I'll I, I'd say yeah. Maybe I'll I mean, be professional. Twice. Like maybe I'll come off more professional by then. Yeah, maybe maybe you'll keep I'll that mullet though. Keep the mullet though. The mullet for 17 years is all mullet. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about it. A, I really, oh, you're thinking about it too? No, 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 no. Oh my my stylist I actually would... suggested, I said, nah. You nah, look I turned good 40. with the mullet. Uh, bro, no, like, I turned 40. I turned right here. <laughs> and that, that haircut's a little out of date, but with a little bit more something in the back. Yeah. Modern. Well, I have a little bit of hat hair right now, by the way. I was wearing a cap, so. But okay. yeah, well, you can blame it on that, but I think it's the lack of mullet that we're missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. No, I, I, you know, I turned 40 last year, turning 41 in a couple of weeks, and uh, I don't know if I can pull a mullet, you know. I, don't I think know. I you pull could. A mullet. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think you could, sir. Um, Are you at right, the roofing process conference? If so, I'll maybe I'll, be, yeah, I'll, I will be at the roofing process conference. I'm super excited about it. And yeah. uh, I think I'll probably still have the mullet at that point. When is the roofing process conference? I think it's in October. Oh, October, okay. I think it is. Yeah, I'll probably. Maybe, yeah, I'll maybe, I'll, maybe I'll do a quick mullet for, for, for that conference for you. I'm <laughs> telling you, brother. I'm like, <laughs> I'm thinking it's, thinking it's, oh, December 12th to the 13th, by the way. Yeah. Just for anyone who's Rosen Center, Orlando, Florida. Right and on, right we, like, I, I love that one. I'll just quick shout out that event. Like, yes, I get there's too many events in roofing and everyone complains about it on the internet, but you don't, most yeah. people don't go to most of them. So it's fine. You're fine. Yeah. We're going to be okay. This one is particularly good because it's just people like Gennaro and a bunch of other, like very solid. I would say you're like, we're not, it's not the big old hats guys the guys that have been around for forever like 20 yeah. years is a long time though bro but like there's a lot of like i like the mid kind of like yeah, growing growth oriented like mid style companies that are yeah. coming up 
And it's kind of a whole new generation of roofers, I feel like, that are going to be in, in power or like kind of define this next 10 years of roofing at the Roofing Process Conference. And we we also love RoofCon. And, yeah, yeah. and I was telling Gennaro before this that you can get your logo tatted on you at RoofCon <laughs> for free cool. at Hook's booth. And then also you can get Hook's tattoo. Let me see that. Uh, oh, is that what you got? I thought I saw it. Yeah. Um, tatted on you for twenty five hundred bucks, right uh, on off your service. So that's an option for those yeah. of you that want, you know, scrappy upstart businesses that really yeah. want to level up your marketing. So, is there a limit I, to how many they can get? Yeah, somebody... you can get one, and you have to post through it on social media. I did have, I did have a company that was like, all three of us are going to get this, and I'm like, that's awesome. But you still only get twenty. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but exactly. I like that people are thinking like like I'm glad yeah. that it's a good deal. I, I like that people yeah, are yeah. actually going to do it. So I'm stoked about yeah. it. So right on. All right, where can people check you out and uh, contact you, brother? Oh, uh, you know what? Uh, they can uh, message me uh, me directly through Instagram or Facebook or our website bisonroofing.net. That's if you want to check out our company and our uh, our website for bison roofing. It's uh, bisonroofing.net podcast is put on by hookagency.com hook agency all over social and um yeah man i appreciate i appreciate the the back and forth here thank you for spending the time with us today right on sounds good tim i'll see you, Bye. Bye. See you later.